great song there. Let's turn our Bibles, please, this evening to John chapter 4, if we can. John chapter 4. And we'll look at a familiar story in Scripture tonight and just read a couple of verses at the end of the, the chapter, verses 30, 31 to 35. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes. And look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace tonight. Lord, we're mindful that, Lord, we certainly have a lot of work to do for you. And yet, Lord, in, Lord, in, really in reality, we also, Lord, have a life to live here. And I pray that you'd please help us as we, Lord, just think about the lessons that we can learn from your word tonight, I pray that you'd help us to have our hearts open and our minds open to you, dear Lord. And Lord, thank you for the, the, the worship that was offered you already today and ask that you would please just uh, help us, Lord, to continue to honor you in everything that, that we do, even as we open your word tonight. And we pray these things in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And uh, you, if you know your, your Bible a little bit, you know that John chapter 4 contains a really famous story about the Lord Jesus, how he must needs go about Samaria. And there he speaks with this woman at the well. And in the meantime, while he was doing that, his disciples go and, and really they do something that was really considered, pretty considerate of them when you think about it. They're going to find Jesus some food. And I think, you know, we can relate as good Baptists, they were looking for food and were looking there and they were looking really to meet a need that Jesus perhaps in their own mind had. And yet when we find them returning to the scene after Jesus' conversation with this woman at the well, and we know the, the story a little bit, they go back and forth in regard to what it was that Jesus was there for. And by the end of it, the, the woman believes in, in him and understands who Jesus is. And then she then goes over to, uh, to tell of her city, of her town, of this one that tells her everything that was about her. And this, this, great, this great harvest of, of souls were reaped. And right there, they come back to the scene, these disciples, and they say, Master, eat. And really what they were saying was, was considering the fact that Jesus in, in his humanity was, was like them in that he w grew weary and he grew tired. They were just really looking out for, uh, for, for the, the, the very things of, of God, the very basic things of providing and good thing of, of making sure that he was taken care of. And yet he wanted them to understand something else. You know, in, in life we, we can... Uh, we can busy ourselves with just the basic things of life, of providing, of, of ensuring that, 
you know, the, the, the general needs of others are met. And, and we can see that, and, and of course there's a place for that. We, all, we understand that all of us here, we've got to make a living. We've got to provide for the needs of those in our family. We've got to uh, ensure that as we work and we labor, we are good stewards of what God has given us so that we can provide for a roof over our heads and, and perhaps uh, meet the needs of those that, uh, that, uh, that God has given us to be, uh, to be taken care of. And yet, oftentimes, within the, the scope of that, God wants us to have a, 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 greater, a greater perspective. That, that, that's not all that life is. That, that actually, whilst that's good, there's actually things that are more, uh, that, that, are, that are important in light of why we're here on earth. And, you know, I think we can get carried away in a society that we live in, in, in just providing and just meeting the basics and, and understanding then that, that really the perspective that God has is much more. And so what he says to these disciples is what I'm going to say to you tonight. He, he says, lift up your eyes. He, he wants them to see a different way. He, he wants them to see not just the, the peripherals of life and the, just the, the, the very things that everyone else sees. He wants them to see something else. He wants them to see that there's actually something that is, is a little bit more urgent than just providing for his meat. That actually there's going to be things that, that they, need to, uh, they need to observe in, in the, the busyness of what they're doing. That there's actually other things in, in God's mind that we need to be mindful of. And I think all of us here, we would be very satisfied to, to just ensure that by the end of the week, we've got all we need. Right, I think if if we were to look and we were to observe that you know we've done that to 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 meet the needs that are around us as far as the the, the general uh, stewardship of our lives, then we would be we would be okay with that. But you know the Christian life it, it extends beyond just the peripheral, doesn't it? It extends beyond just you know the, the the very things that even those without Christ they strive for. Actually, there's a greater perspective as Christians. There's a, there's, a, there's a challenge for us even as we head into this week and head into this time of, of observing God's Word to lift up our eyes, to look beyond, to have a, a greater perspective and perhaps even a, a heavenly perspective. And I think it would do, do well for us tonight to just be reminded and perhaps align our hearts to Jesus' heart and allow Him to teach us and exhort us to lift up our eyes and and. Tonight, really, as, as a bit of a precursor to some of the things that we're going to cover through our missions conference and through that, just that, that value that we have of a, of a church, of a going church, of a church that has a heart to spread the gospel in our community, of a church that has a heart and as believers that has a heart to be part of the Great Commission, that, that there's, a, there's a lifting up of our eyes that we need at times beyond the peripherals of life beyond the basics of life. And, and if we would lift up our eyes, firstly, I want you to note, we're going to see the mission, not just the meat. Because he says in verses 31 to 34, he says, says in verse 32, I have meat to eat that you know not of. You know, they were just worried about the, the very fact that he hadn't eaten. And, you know, you, you can imagine the scene there. Jesus, in his weariness, sits on the well, and that's where they leave him. 
They go into the city seeking out something that could be a blessing to the Lord and, and perhaps even to provide for their own. And yet, singularly minded, Jesus had that intention to just want to reach out to this dear lady. And really, that was the reason why he went through there. You know, the culture, and there's been many messages on this, that, that Jesus, you know, as a Jew, he would have had to purposely go to Samaria. This was, in a cultural sense, not a daily scene that you would generally observe, this Jew with a Samaritan, this, this Jewish man with a Samaritan woman. And right there he was, he had an intention. And while all of that was happening, you know who else was with the other Samaritans? The disciples. They were about, they, they had, they were amongst those, perhaps in the marketplace, and yet they were just, the, they, they were so intent in the earthly matters of life that, that actually they didn't see what Jesus saw. What, what Jesus saw was the need of the soul. What Jesus saw and what fed him was not simply the meat, it was the mission. And what Jesus was saying was, actually, guys, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. You're not seeing that in the daily provisions that, that you have to, to get and that you have to have, actually, there's opportunities. And actually, within that scope is the place where you're also going to find great satisfaction and, and great, a great meeting of other needs. And in Mark 1.17, and Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become... What does he say? Fishers of men. And his drive for them, Jesus had already called these men to a life of, uh, that, that was beyond their, their, their survival and their filling of their, of their daily needs. He was calling them to a greater purpose and a greater life. And I want to remind you this evening that when we hear about the need of the gospel and when we hear about the need for missions, that, that, that none of us here is exempt to that. That actually all of us here, if we're seeing the way Jesus is seeing, we're supposed to lift up our eyes and not just see the meat, but see the mission. That, that it's not just about, you know, just being satisfied with meeting the very basic needs of our humanity, but actually meeting the need that, that Jesus sees. And, and you know, even, uh, we won't take the time, but in Matthew chapter 6, he talks about that, how, you know, we desire things that even... Those without Christ's desire. You know, it's, it's very human, isn't it, to want to meet the bare necessities of life. It's very human. Everyone with or without Christ, we, we want to make sure that we're fed and we're clothed. And we've got a roof, we've got somewhere to live. And all of those, and our hearts go out, don't, don't that, doesn't it, to, to those that when we go to the different parts around the world don't even have that. And I'm sure our hearts would go to that. You know, I remember when we went to Sri Lanka all those years ago and we went to the tea plantations and, and we were just chatting about this with our kids. They bought some tea last night. And, and Vicky had that. She was, she was saying, hey, you know, this is really nice tea. And she goes, it's from Sri Lanka. And I said, you know, we went to the tea plantations that the, these particular things were picked. And we were saying that those ladies who do the tea picking over there, they, they earn a dollar a day. And they have to pick three kilograms of tea leaves. And then you go in and you, you see the, the, the manner of living that they have in these shanty towns that were attached to those plantations. And your heart goes out to them. But, you know, beyond that, 
as we walked around, as, as, as children gathered around my wife and started playing with her nails and started playing with her hair, we asked, why were they so, why were they so enamored with my wife? I know she's beautiful, but, you know, that's there's twice today. Look at that. <laughs> but, um, but we asked one of the, the ladies there who were locals, and she said, you know, the reason why is probably they're orphans and they don't have a mother. And that's the dire humanity, the, the need that, that humanity has, the, all those stories. But, you know, beyond that, we could feel sorry for them and, and want to help from that level. But you know what Jesus sees? He sees people whose souls are without Christ and face an eternity in hell. And, and he's reminding them that actually, yes, it's, I'm glad you thought of me and you're asking me if I've eaten, but I have meat to eat that you know not of. That actually, you, you beyond that, lift up your eyes and see the mission. You know, many times we, we can be satisfied with that. And, you know, our, our priority, he's saying there, is to finish the work. He, he says in verse 34, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You know, there's still a work to be done. You know, we, we can't be satisfied with the peripheries of the fact that we've got a building, we've got a church, and we get to attend, and we've got that. And, and yet, all around us, there are those that are still in need of Christ. There are those who have, have real heartaches that can only be met by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've got, to, we've got to look at finishing the work. You know, he couldn't bring himself to eat until the job was done. And we ought to view our priority as one that has a, that, that has a mission to complete. And you know, Adoniram Judson, a famous missionary, said this, I feel it is my duty to plot on while daylight shall last. You know, there's a, there's a time where there's, there's no more time to work. There's no, no more time to labor for the Lord. And, and we, we sometimes can rest on our laurels and look at, hey, well, we support missions. Well, we do our bit, I guess, in that way, and we ought not to... Uh, we ought not to just sort of just look at that and go, well, that's, that's nothing. I'm not saying that tonight. I'm saying, well, how about the, the greater need? Can we do more? Is there something where our hearts will cry out and go, you know, I, I can't just see that and, and think that we've met the need. No, listen, we've got a work to still finish. And, and yet he's saying here that, that his sustenance will be found in his obedience to God, to his Father's will. He says in verse 34, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You know, my meat is speaking about his, the thing that they were asking, his food, the thing that'll satisfy his need. And you know, many times we think that, you know, if we go with less and we give more or we spend more time in doing this or we go out of our way and perhaps to have some courage to talk to our friends, talk to our workmates, perhaps support another missionary, perhaps see a, a needy field around the world and have a heart for that, that if we, if we do, if we sacrifice and, 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 and give more or spend more time, that we'll have less. That, that somehow that's not going to be as satisfying as keeping it within our pockets or within our, 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 our ambitions. But the Lord Jesus is begging to differ tonight. He's saying, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. He's saying, the, saying the thing that will satisfy me the thing that will sustain me is actually just meeting the will of God in my life. 
you know, we know the verse, it's my life verse in Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. We can, many of us can quote that. Many of us can, can, can look at that and, and yet so many times when we do actually have an opportunity to, to come to a time where we're committing maybe more and, and saying, hey, I see what God sees, I'm lifting up my eyes and it's time and it's opportunity to put it into practice. We put other things and other excuses and we say, no, we can't do that. And often we reason that we ought not to be as involved or too involved because we perhaps lack the supply and yet in the work, actually what Jesus is saying, we will find our supply. And when you live for God and you have Him as your sustenance and you rely, rely upon Him for your best supply, then you have no fear. And, you know, I, I think about those perhaps who are considering what God is doing in their lives and they're, they're sensing that God's calling them to a work of ministry. And we say ministry, we know that everyone really is, is a ministry, right? But saying there's this calling on their lives and I've known many young men and young ladies who've just sat and considered that and, and sensed that God was doing that. And often their first question is, well, how am I going to make ends meet? And I'll tell you, I ask that question too. I'm not exempt from that. I, I, I thought about it and often how it was all, all, uh, often presented was that, you know, anyone who works in ministry will never get to do this, never get to do this, and never get to do that. And that was in my mind, and that was often something that I struggled with, to be honest. But that's why that's my life first. Because, because what compelled me was this, the mission. Actually, there's a need. And, and whilst I have needs, I serve the God who meets all needs. And he, we will never lack supply in the work of God. And if we would give priority to the propagation of the gospel, if we would live our lives that way, he surely will give the provision of his grace to meet our physical and earthly needs. You know, Hudson Taylor said it this way, God's work done in God's will way will never lack God's supply. And so he's saying there that, you know, when you lift up your eyes, you're not going to see, just see the meat, you're going to see the mission. Secondly, tonight, you're going to see the urgency, not do it later. And he's saying there in verse 35, notice there, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And they were seeing something that he was seeing. They, they were missing something that he was seeing. They were thinking, well, we have time. Well, we have later opportunity. Well, it's not the time, and perhaps the busyness and the priority of just trying to get something done, getting that meat for the Lord. It just, just stop them from recognizing there's an urgency about God's business here. And we can do that too. There's, there's often, we say, well, if we're in a better position, well, if God opens an opportunity, well, if it was this and that, and sometimes what it is, it's, it's our timing is off. We don't recognize how urgent it is. In 2 Corinthians 6, 2, he says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succoured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, that's true of the sinner, but often that's true for the worker, the one who's meant to tell. You know, one of the great tragedies of modern missions movement, especially in the West, is the amount of time it takes for missionaries to raise the support they need to go to their field. 
And I'll tell you now, I feel the system is broken. And yet you find, and, and it's interesting in comparison to those coming from that part of the world, going to that part of the world, how much less time it takes for them, not because they have more means, but because they have a lesser expectation. And they, they go because the priority of urgency, they see the urgency, not what's later. And the message we share is one of urgency and imminence. And, you know, sometimes we think that we might have another chance. We might have another opportunity. And maybe we do, maybe we don't. And, and we never know if we would just have an urgency about it, if, if there would be a harvest that can be reaped from a single seed. You see, when we prioritize the work of the gospel, what we start to realize is that, is that it could stem from one single person receiving the seed in good ground. And certainly that's what happened with the woman at Samaria, at the well. It's just her testimony. You know, she didn't have to go through a whole soul-winning course. She just went and she just told what happened to her. You know, I think sometimes we, we again, we, we think, well, if, if I was more prepared, if I had memorized more of the Romans Road, if I had every argument that someone can throw at me, I could work my way through that and understand it, and then I can be a good soul winner. Then I can talk to someone about Christ. Listen, if you've got a testimony, you're ready. It, there's an urgency. And, and sometimes we've just got to recognize that, you know, we, we say those things like we say in the invitation, you know, it's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. That, that's just true of those who are lost. No, that's true of us. That's true. We should recognize that about those who are lost. We say things like, you know, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what they may bring forth. Listen, we say that and we go, now I'll witness to them next time. Well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little bit more next year. Well, no, I'll, I'll, I won't take that trip this year. I'll just do that another time, another opportunity. And yet, it just takes sometimes that one. You know, what we find often in the New Testament was was groups of people got saved. And I think about that particular one in Acts chapter 16 with the Philippian jailer. It wasn't the opportune time, was it? Earthquake, prisoners everywhere. Philippian jailer who was concerned for his own. And yet, right there, Paul and Silas leads this man. And the Bible is careful to tell us that he and his household. You know, the, the understanding there is that this one man led to this household getting saved. And I want to tell you that, that often we think about that one person and we don't want to risk it with that one person. But we do, and we don't know what God can do with that one. How that will germinate. How that can expand to another and to another. And, and really that's what it's about. We're to, supposed, to, uh, supposed to reach one so that they can reach others. And, and it's got to be a, a, a harvest must be worked though. It must be worked. And the point Jesus was making through this in, in lifting up their eyes was the work had to begin now. But it does require work. It does require them going about and, and not just seeing the, the multitudes there, not just seeing and looking for the bargain price to save their pennies and their, 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 those things there that they needed to just, just ensure they took care of. no. He wanted them to lift up their eyes and see the urgency. And they had, to, they had to understand that there was a work to do and the work couldn't wait. You know, often 
I was uh, staying in, uh, in, in Washington State, over in the States. Uh, the, my, one of my pastors, uh, Tom Gondeman, he, he was originally from there, and where he was living was uh, all this, this flat farmland. He was living with his in-laws, and, and we were over there, uh, John and I, and you know, they were telling us about what it was with farming, was that if it's time to get up, it's time to get up. They couldn't wait till it was, you know, a more convenient time to plant. You know, it, when harvest came, it was time. And they had to get up no, no, every, every hour of the morning. They, they were planting things that we didn't understand, but they were, they, were, they were urgent. And too many times we just, we're not looking the way God looks. We're not lifting up our eyes to see the urgency of the need in others' lives. And he's saying, He's saying there, you know, don't think there's four months that then it's harvest. What he's saying, it's now. And you need to see the way I see. And if we lift up our eyes, we're going to see the urgency and not put it off till later. But you know what else? If, if we lift up our eyes, we're going to see the souls, not the, just, just the surroundings. Because what he was trying to get them to see wasn't actually a physical field. He was saying, look beyond. You know, we all, like, we all like beautiful vantage points. I spoke about one this morning, Clear Mountain. You can see the whole Morden Bay Valley there and, and Morden Bay area. And then on the other side, you can see Brisbane City. On Couples Night, and I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but we look out there and you see the beautiful city lights. You know, you, you look out and, and at night you see all of the, all of the lights in, in the Morden Bay area. You, you look to your, your right, you see all of Brisbane and it was a clear night and you can see it as clear as day. And I remember thinking about the, the city lights. And, you know, we could appreciate nice scenery like that and we'll take photos. And I can imagine when the Lord Jesus was speaking to his disciples, he was, he, they were looking at the field going, yeah, that is nice, Lord. But, you know, the point of that wasn't for them to enjoy the surroundings. The point of that was that for them to see the souls. And, you know, we can often look at the, the city and we can look at, as we drive through, how nice that house is and how nice that house is. But I wonder, as we're appreciating the surroundings, if we're just wondering about the souls in that house. We're just, just thinking, what are they going through? What are they struggling with? Do they have the Lord? And we can get so busy doing day-to-day and, and enjoying that and seeing the peripherals. We can miss the immediate and pressing needs of those around us. You know, we've got all these surrounding suburbs around us. We can go through and, and you know, we can mention some of, some of you live there. You, you drive past, you get on the train perhaps, you get on the bus perhaps, and you think about all of these different surrounding areas and then there's future suburbs, there's developments that's happening around us and we sort of hate that. It's getting busier. But you know, there's more people moving into our area, which means more souls, which means we ought to have an urgency, which means we need to lift up our eyes a little bit. You know, you, you think about Morden Bay, our, our, our local government area, and uh, according to the latest census, there's 484,248 people. That's 237 people per square kilometer. 
Think about that, the, the, just the multitude of that. And actually, the highest populated um, suburb is around here is our suburb of Albany Creek. And there's 16,000 just within our local area. And we've got to, we've got to think about the, the populations there. And that's just not, not just numbers. That those are literally people that either have a relationship with the Lord or they don't. And you think about that. You, you, we appreciate it. And one of the things I've enjoyed doing is exploring different places around here. And truth be told, it's usually cafes or something like that. But, you know, we enjoy that. And we were thankful for the blessings of God. But within that, you know, we, we drive past people who, who their souls Jesus died for. You know, the, the median age in, our, in, in Morden Bay is 39 years old. That's the median. There's 27.8% of the population that are families with children. Uh, most households have about two children per family. Did you know that there's 118 countries of birth within Morden Bay apart from Australia? And that the top 10 places of birth other than, than Australia are the UK, New Zealand, South Africa, this is in order, Philippines, India, Germany, Fiji, PNG, USA, and Netherlands. Think about that. The mission field's coming to us. You think about the different nations represented there. Do you know that the predominant religion is not religious? 43.7% of Morden Bay are filled in the survey, the census, and said they were not religious. You know what? I don't see that as a problem. I see that as an opportunity. And you think about that. You think about the... the, the the cultural religions, even in the top ten there that we, we spoke about. And there's opportunity. But we don't see. We just go about and we try, we're just trying not to be late. We're just trying to get to that sale. We're just trying to make sure we get our week underway. And, and that's commendable. But what's more is, is we have a greater perspective. And, and that's just basic demographics. You know, within the scope of that are the, the individuals whom only God knows, but whom you might know, whom I may never get in touch with, but you might. And I wonder if we would lift up our eyes. And, and that's the question tonight. Will you lift up your eyes? Will you see as God sees? And, and we need to start living in that way. We need to start viewing our mission on earth as not satisfying self, but finishing the work. We need to enlist more workers, more laborers in the field. You know, one of the interesting statements that was, was mentioned during, that, uh, during the, the conference I just attended was the missions movement has moved. And what that is, is it predominantly previously the Western society were the predominant senders of missionaries, but you know who's sending more missionaries now? Asia is sending more missionaries now. You know, I met a pastor there who their church has sent over 300 missionaries and then 84 missionaries on the runway. You know what I was trying to do? I was trying to point them to Australia. 
I said, we need more laborers here. And, you know, sometimes we think, well, we've got the answers. Hey, God might have blessed us with some resources. But I'll tell you what, we don't have the manpower like we used to. And maybe it's just a matter of us going, you know what? We need to lift up our eyes and see the need. We need to lift up our eyes and actually get involved in the mission God has given us. And all of us here, we need to view our neighbors. We need to view our colleagues. We need to view our community a little bit differently. We need to view our surroundings as a field that could easily reap a harvest. And all we need to do is lift up our eyes. Let's pray. Father, thank you, dear God, for your your goodness and grace. And thank you that, Lord, for many of us here, there was a, a person who, Lord, didn't see like everyone else saw. They saw like you saw. And they lifted up their eyes and they saw a soul who needed a savior. And Lord, in their, in their imperfection, in their hesitation maybe, they spoke to us and because of that we believe the great gospel message and because of that our eternities are settled. And Father, yet each and every day we can, we can just go past those that, Lord, are just trying to figure out life and yet here we have the answer to it. And we're just seeing what we see. Help us, dear Lord, to see what you see. And I pray that you'd lift up our eyes. I pray, Lord, as we get into this week, and I do pray, dear God, that you would help us to just recognize that. And then, Lord, as we get into our time here where we focus on missions, that, Lord, you'd help us understand that it's got to start with us. That it's got to start with our our desire to, to see what you see, to see the world through your lens. And I pray that you'd help us then to be changed, Lord, to be effective in our generation for you, in our, in our nation, and in this world for you. And so we love you, Lord. We thank you. We pray for your blessing upon the week. In Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen.